Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 247 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins. Thanks for hanging out here for this one. Today, my guest is Katie Dooley. She's the owner of Paperline Creative out of Edmonton, Alberta, obviously the lead designer as well. During this episode, we talk about her childhood, always into the arts, and also about a brochure design that she did at age 11. Yeah, you heard that right, age 11. She then tells us about how high school, there was a moment in there where design really clicked and became the direction, the career direction for her. She tells us some of the first logos that she started seeing to really ignite that design fire and keep things rolling for her there. We talk about what happens when you have too many opinions all in one room sitting at one table when you're trying to present something. Y'all been there? Yeah, I bet you have. We talk about why right now is the most challenging time in her career and how she is working on expanding into new markets. All that and so much more in this episode. So this is the quickie. Let's get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, my fabulous guest, Miss Katie Dooley. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Katie, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you? Good. How are you, Dave? Doing terrific. Thanks. A fellow Canadian on the show. I'm happy Woo-hoo. to have you. Yeah. So as as Canadians usually do, we should probably just sing the national anthem before we get going. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you kidding. don't want me singing. That's not where my talent lies. No, it's all good. More importantly, Katie, are you ready for a quickie? I sure am. Fantastic. So now I'm going to kick it right over to you and briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Sure. Thank you. My name is Katie Dooley. I am the owner and lead designer of Paperlime Creative, which is a boutique agency in Edmonton, Canada. So we're just on the other side of the Rocky Mountains from you. Nice. Yeah. A stone's throw away, you could say. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Awesome. So how long have you been rocking Paperlime for? Paperlime has been around since 2016. So five years. Nice. Now, on the quickie here, we like to go back in time. We like to reminisce on things, you know, including the mistakes and things we learned. We'll get to that later. But for now, what was your childhood like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that led you in this career path? I had a moderately creative childhood. My parents are both academics. They okay. Neither of them have creative hobbies. But that being said, they let me march to the beat of my own drum and explore the my creativity so nice so in what ways did you explore that creativity what were you doing were you like a outside explorer did you just start drawing and they fostered that or what was that like i when i was really young when i was three i remember wanting to be an artist so i think uh, i did a pretty good job of that and i remember having these watercolor paint sets and i love them i just would like playing with the colors and mixing them and there was one day I thought it was a good idea to paint my entire body. My mom was less impressed with that. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, right. So being able to to paint and I grew up dancing as well and they were always super supportive of it. That's good. So like in the arts scene. Yeah. Always getting creative there. That's cool. So my my oldest daughter is big into dance and does mm-hmm. dance competitions and that sort of thing, which is a, another thing altogether. It's but we'll, we'll leave that for now. <laughs> but, um, you know, funny when you say painting all over your body, because my kids will like they'll just be doing art stuff up in their rooms for a while and they'll come down and my daughter will have like this full sleeve of like felt coloring and dots and squiggles and designs. I'm like, what, what happened to your arm? So yeah, I just, I just drew it, drew it on my arm. And body painting so big now I was onto something. Yeah. See, you were like an early adopter. (laughs) Awesome. So what is the, what is the moment that, design becomes real for you like the career where you um were you introduced to design as a thing from a family member was there a guidance counselor like how did that happen there are two points that stick out in my brain okay design as a career was high school for sure Um, we had a program here called communication technology it was photography and graphic design and screen printing and videography and i love that course And I took it all the, you know, 10, 20, 30, grade 10, 11, 12, took it all three years and really realized it was a viable career. Prior to that, really discovering graphic design, I designed my first trifold brochure at 11 years old. Nice. Okay. What what program were we talking about? Is this Microsoft Word? This was photocopy books at the library, cut them out, stick them to an eight and a half by 11 and re-photocopy it. So it's all one page. Yes, absolutely. That's how it should be done in the beginning. Get your hands in there. Yeah. And that's how I knew I liked it. And I, that was grade six social studies. And so is that like for a school project where you're playing around with that? Okay. Got it. So submit that to the teacher and then high school is when it starts to become real for you. Yeah. As, as a career, I always love those school projects where it's like design a poster, do a presentation board. I loved all of that, but to actually realize you can make money at it was high school. Totally. When I, so for some bizarre reason, two memories just came to me from when I was in high school. One is I absolutely loved public speaking. Like I would be, I would be so nervous about going up and doing it. But as soon as I was up there and turned around to the class, I was like, all right, time to go, ready to go. And then I remember I did a speech in French class and the speech was so bad because I'm not good at French. I left French as soon as I was allowed to. And I started taking German. So wie heißt du? Oh, good um, Oh my gosh. You know, German. That's all. I have exhausted my German that I remember. <laughs> So, <laughs> so we, um, I, I, the speech that I did in French was so bad. Um, my French teacher at the time was interestingly enough, a Chinese gentleman. Um, and he had this thing called a one minute push up. If you, if you did not, you know, have a great thing, or I turned it into kind of like a goofy joke thing. And he was upset that he didn't take it seriously. So he took me out in the hallway and we had to do this one minute push up. So basically you start all the way up like a plank. And you got 15 seconds there. After 15 seconds, you lower down a bit. Then another 15 seconds, you lower down a little bit further. And then 15 or 15, or maybe 10 seconds. There was like four or five positions they had to move to and hold for a whole minute straight. It was killer. Just killer. 
and that was my that was my story about French. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to share. So, so during this high school design, you know, figuring out design as a career, and that's the the time where your eyes are getting really open to what you can do with design and what it really is. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that stands out to you as like the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw and has just stuck with you since? Oh, that's a big question. I I think I I remember and oddly enough this was in English class in grade 10 but mm-hmm. the first time the FedEx logo was pointed out to me with the cool. arrow um and I think realizing that design can have multiple meanings or or you know layers of meanings um so there's FedEx but my favorite brand that does that is actually Toblerone Okay, we all tell, get so I'm, excited about FedEx. Toblerone does it way better. Okay, tell me about Toblerone because I love Toblerones. And only recently, I think it was my daughter that showed me that there's like a bear in the mountain on part of the, the logo or something like that. Yeah, so there's a bear hidden in the Toblerone mountain, which is super cool because Toblerone comes from Bern in Switzerland and Bern in German means bear. So it tells you all of these layers about the origins of Toblerone just by sticking a bear in a mountain that most people don't know is there. Love yeah, I honestly, I did not know it was there until she pointed it out. And then it's now I can't stop seeing that. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those things that you see. Um, I saw another one the other day where one way it looked like a chicken and then the other way it looked like a giraffe or something like that. Oh, yeah. It was in a print ad and it just like blew my mind how you could just twist your perspective like that and but as soon as you saw one of them, whichever one you saw first is the one that you can't unsee. Unsee, yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's cool. I like how that Toblerone logo stood out to you and the FedEx logo. Um, so now these days, Katie, who are some of the designers and the brands that you are looking up to or that you closely follow? And what about them do you like? I have always looked up to Paula Share. Yeah. I don't know if that's a common answer but I love her because um when she was up and coming it was male dominated I think it is still predominantly male dominant it's evening out now but mm-hmm. when when she you know hit the ground running with the journey album it was a very male dominated industry I love her style I love her approach I love her use of typography um so she's one I always keep an eye on she doesn't have a social media presence so she's hard to follow too closely yes um other than that I don't I consciously try to avoid following other designers too closely for a couple reasons Um, one is I get into the the compare myself to others headspace danger game yeah I think we all do Um, and I look at things and I go oh why didn't I think of that they're so good and then when I'm creating for my customers and clients Mm -hmm. I don't want to be heavily influenced. I want to make sure my ideas are unique to me. So if I mm-hmm. look at something amazing, then all of a sudden all my stuff starts to look like that. Yeah. It's so funny how that can happen unconsciously. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's this weird zone where it's good to see other things mm-hmm. and other design because that all is like fuel and inspiration and, you know, also support of other designers. Yeah. But it's so easy for you to unconsciously start creating similar things. Yeah. It's like so, a, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so I get that balance. 
Yeah. It's a, it's like a boundary I have to put on it. If I'm doing like a ton of creative, yeah. I need to not. And then, you know, there's times that I definitely, you know, scroll through social media and, and see what's happening in the design world. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, I find, I don't know about you, but I find lately that um, Instagram can just be exhausting. Yeah. Right. Like, so I'm, cool. I, I keep thinking of like, like what's going to be the new thing? Like what could be the new thing where everybody goes to? And then I remind myself that I'm not willing to create another social media <laughs> and try and build that because that is something I know nothing about. I also think, and Instagram is kind of a good place for it because you can scroll through the search forever um, where design starts to look similar. And in some ways it's good to see what's trending, but then we go back to the point of, you know, nothing's unique all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. so. There is a, there's a famous quote and I'm, I'm going to butcher the quote and I don't remember the person. So if you remember, please correct me, <laughs> but it basically is saying that there is nothing original anymore and everything yeah. is a remake of something. I don't remember who said it. It was some smart person from a while ago. But anyways, it was a, it was a good one. And, and that's so true is that, you know, everything is a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake from an original idea. You can only have so many original ideas. Yeah. With how many ever, however many billion people are on the planet right now. Like it's, it's just the way it is. I also think you, you can't go too out there because people need something familiar to make it relatable. True. You know, we get experimental art and experimental music and it's, I mean, you can art for art's sake or art for commercial reasons. If you want it to be financially successful, it has to be relatable to the majority of people. Mm -hmm. so you can't necessarily go too wild. What a wild world. <laughs> <laughs> what a wild world, Katie. Wild. Yep. So now I'm actually going to blindside you a little bit because oh, I no. don't think I gave you any warning of this. Okay. Um, a new feature in the Quickie Podcast is I pull up your Instagram feed on screen for us here. We look through it together and I pick a couple of posts that just whatever jumps out at me. Okay. And I want to hear the backstory behind it. I want to hear what went into it. So let's do that right now. Let me just pull that up on screen here. There we go. And it kicked us over to the side. So here we go. This, like I do have the right feed, right? Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I haven't pulled up the wrong one before, but um, I'm sure it'll happen at one point. Okay, I'm going to go with this one. Oh. I want to hear what's going on with this one because um, my wife is – uh, a large percentage Irish. We were in Ireland two years ago around this time. So this just jumped out at me. So what's going on here? Awesome. So this post we're staring at is my St. Patrick's Day contest. So that was from, I believe, March 10th, the week before St. Patrick's Day. So I could get mm -hmm. the, the comments and the entries in. St. Patrick's Day is one of my favorite holidays. So I said I grew up dancing. I actually grew up Irish dancing. Cool. Yeah. So I did that competitively for, I think, 13 years. That's and awesome. Yeah. It was a big part of my life. And it definitely taught me discipline. And what you put in is what you get out. Yep. No, I couldn't agree more. So buying a pack of Guinness, making some stew and soda bread. Did you actually do that? I did. 
Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. good. I remember also when we were in Ireland, um, we did Airbnbs and the, the hosts were amazing. Like we've stayed in Airbnbs before around the States and you get a space. It's a nice space. It's clean. But in Ireland, three out of the four Airbnbs that we stayed at had full spreads of fresh baking, fresh bread all out for us. And the Irish butter. Oh my God. Gosh, what is in Irish butter? There's something in it. Love. Yeah, it's just amazing. Okay, there's so much that I could go for here. Let's go with, okay, you got to explain this one here. Oh, I. <laughs> <laughs> this is my personality in a photo. Yes, good. This is the glam shot. Somebody asked me if I were a flavor of ice cream, what I would be. And I said, I'd be chocolate peanut butter because I'm both salty and sweet. Well done. So that's sort of explains that photo right there. Okay, perfect. Now I read the description and I have to read the description on this okay. photo because number four is something we just talked about, how you designed your first trifold brochure at age 11. Mm -hmm. um, number three, though, I'd like to talk about this. I was married in a sushi restaurant. I was married in a sushi restaurant. Yep. My husband and I got married just shy of three years ago. And we, I joke now that we had a COVID wedding before COVID weddings were cool. <laughs> yeah. We were really debating about how big of a wedding we wanted, how much money we wanted to spend. Yeah. And, you know, that whole chaos that is the wedding industry and mm -hmm. the conversation we had is what do we need versus what do we want so we're quite private people and we didn't want to do the whole like vows pouring out our hearts in front of hundreds of people so we uh -huh. got married in a private room in a sushi restaurant in downtown edmonton with my best friend and his best friend and then the next day we had a 14 person reception love it yeah i love it and it's you and you yeah. get to enjoy it. And, you know, there's, um, I think back to my wedding and I think like there's a couple of things that I'd probably do differently, but it, man, it was a great time. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> I loved it. I'd do it again. Perfect. Okay. So this is the last one I'm going to pull up. Just bold and uh, up there, the word Helvetica. Um, talk to me about this. Like you mentioned with, talking about Paula Cher, I love typography. And if I can just teach people about all the fonts and all the lands, mm -hmm. I would be so happy. So I did a post on the history of Helvetica. That's cool. And in the post description, you have the most hated font is Comic Sans, closely followed by Papyrus. True. But Comic Sans is, however, great for people with dyslexia. Really? Is that mm -hmm. true? Yep. Fascinating. I did not know that. Yeah, I was uh, doing some reading on Comic Sans, and mm -hmm. especially as we're trying to be more inclusive, they were actually, the, one of the articles I was saying was, reading rather, was saying that it's actually really ableist to hate on Comic Sans because it can help people with dyslexia so much. Wow, I, like, I did not know that. Maybe I should hate on Comic Sans a little bit less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now everybody knows. See, everybody has learned from this, Katie. Everybody okay. has learned. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. We'll put the Instagram feed away for now. And now I got to get into some tough stuff, Katie. Okay. Um, so what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? I 
think that if um, what's there's a quote that I'm also going to butcher. <laughs> yes. But basically, it says it's a comfort zone is beautiful, but nothing ever grows there. Yeah. So I don't think if you're not a little bit uncomfortable all the time. <laughs> You're not actually growing. So to answer your question, I think now is probably the most challenging time in my design career. Mm. Um, part of that is I have taken on a mentor mm -hmm. and I'm adding public relations to my service offering. So I'm uh -huh. learning from a fabulous publicist how to do public relations alongside of my branding and graphic design business. Interesting. So how did that, how did that come to be? I want to just dive into that for a minute here. Like where did, where did PR come from and why is that something that you would like to, to get into more? It was accidental. Excellent. <laughs> this, this publicist uh, and I have become quite good friends and she approached me late last year and, mm -hmm. and basically said, I'm too busy and I think you'd be good at this. Would you like to learn? <laughs> and being and being the growth driven person that I am, I said, absolutely, let's learn. And it's just another nice vertical to have with branding. Mm -hmm. And it solves a problem that I was facing in my business and that I design logos and brands for people. Mm -hmm. And if you do a good job, you know, they don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Thanks to the logo. Thanks to the brand. You know, they might pop in for the odd project, but you've, you've sort of created and set them off. Yeah. And that's something I always try. I don't want them to come back to me and say, Hey, there's a problem. I want them to say, cool, this is my brand and I know how to use it. So the PR yeah. is a piece where now I can promote them further using that foundational branding that we've developed for them. That's cool. That's also a sort of value added, you know, if you do get into a competitive situation where you're competing for the same rebrand or something as another design firm, that's sort of a, an extra point in your court to have that as an offering. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. So you're, you're in the midst of it, you're powering through it, you're taking on some new challenges and um, you don't have an answer on how you got through it yet. No, um, asking a lot of questions and I learned a long time ago that never be scared to ask for help. Mm -hmm. So that's my short version. Yeah. Somebody once said to me, um, you don't, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. And obviously that can be taken too far because we all know people who ask for everything. Um, but in certain situations, if all you could do is ask and the most they could do is say no, what do you got to lose? Yeah. Ask. I, yeah, totally. I like it. So Katie, I want to get a little bit more specific with this next one. Um, I want you to take us to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well, did not bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Sure. Um, I have learned in my time as a designer mm -hmm. that bringing people into the project process later on in the game is, is bad. <laughs> okay. I always tell my clients, whoever the decision makers are need to be with us. Why well, call it a discovery session, initial consultation, onboarding, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. And that's because of projects where people will come in at different stages and they'll 
change the scope or the direction of the project. And it becomes really tough to sell your services at that point or sell the work that you're doing. It's totally true. I have seen and heard of many, many stories, especially when it comes to um, like packaging or print design where customers have created things and is presenting to a team and the team assures them that we are the decision makers, we're the blah, 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 we can do this. Um, but then all of a sudden the president steps in and gives an opinion or the CEO. And, you know, even if it's in a situation where they said, you guys are the team, you handle this, you look after it. Um, they jump in and change everything. Yeah. It's, I know it comes from a place of curiosity and excitement and I'm glad mm -hmm. people are excited about their projects. Um, but I, I've built my process in a way that, that the steps work yes. and to it's, I mean, it's, I call it the say yes to the dress syndrome. <laughs> okay. Tell me about that. <laughs> You'll just never make anyone happy. The more people you have, um, as decision makers, the more, um, the more opinions and voices you have and the the visionary or the bride uh -huh. all of a sudden her opinions and, and voice are drowned out that is i've never heard it labeled that way but you're so right because yeah. all you have to do is have seen a couple of previews of that show not even the actual show and you can immediately make sense of what you're talking about yeah say yes to the dress syndrome where they have all of their friends and all their family here. There's a group of 15 people all giving personal opinions, very opinionated opinions about the dress that she's trying to pick. Yes. Okay. I like that. I've never Thank heard that you. before. Say yes to the dress syndrome. Perfect. Okay. So you have a specific, you've, you've been in a situation like that. Are you yeah. able to share any details on that project or? Um, I mean, I can speak vaguely to it, but um, the one that comes to mind, we were at, we'd already been, we had already done the brand reveal and shown off the logo and, and the research and the recommendations and all these pieces that I go through. And I made, I don't want to say I made the mistake, but I like, you know, if you have to sit and think about it, cool. So I sent her the low res document so she could think about it and then whatever three or four days later i get the email that says i showed this to three friends and i was like no uh, yep so three friends who are not graphic designers or have branding experience and I, that that doesn't even even if they did it's that you know we did this hour and a half discovery session i did all the research on your target markets. Mm -hmm. I sent you your brand position, which you approved. I then, you know, reiterated the research and the recommendations and showed you a brand that backed up everything I've done. Mm -hmm. And now you're just showing someone a graphic and they don't see the, they There's don't no see all that back in work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So did it end up changing and shifting and you just had to do your best with it? What happened? Yeah, it's, it shifted a bit. The, I would say the core of the concept was still there. Um, the execution wasn't as nice as I would have liked, but it is what it is. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's not for you, Katie. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's the, that's the struggle. Yeah. At the, at the end of the day, they're the ones paying the bill. So, so true. So true. 
Um, okay, a last tough question, and then I'm going to turn this bus around here for you. What is something that you are struggling with in your design career right now? I look at struggles as learning opportunities. Of course. Of course. One of the opportunities I am looking for, um, I guess, yeah, in 2021 is to actually um, build a national and international clientele. Got it. So it's just learning how to approach other markets that mm -hmm. I'm less familiar with that obviously will have their own local graphic designers as yeah. well. So how do you sell yourself in a way that um, that they would pick, you know, someone like me over a, a local designer? Interesting. So I'm going to ask you that question then. Okay. How do you sell yourself over a local graphic designer when you're competing and when you're, where you're entering different markets, geographical markets? Some of it depends on where you're targeting. So okay. the States is actually um, a little bit easier because of the exchange rate. So you can basically 25% discount for them. It's crazy right now. Yep. So I can make the same amount of money and they can save you know, 25%. Obviously it depends on what designers in their market are charging. Mm -hmm. um, I did, I've done a little bit of targeting in Toronto, same thing. Graphic design goes for a higher rate over there than it does here in Alberta. Uh -huh. um, so I can, you know, provide the same level of service, service um, at a cheaper price. Um, mm -hmm. I don't love to compete on price. So always selling my process and, and, and and showing them the value in in the support that they get and the research that they get working with me. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you enter a new market? Do you just sort of find a couple of companies that you'd love to work for in whatever that market is and, and start reaching out and probing and trying to find? Yeah, I, I do a little bit of that. So I'm getting into cold emailing companies and mm -hmm. saying, here's, you know, here's what I can offer you. And I would love to help you grow and expand your business. With COVID, there's been a lot of networking opportunities that are over Zoom. Mm -hmm. So you can just pop in and visit another city, which is kind of cool. Yep. Have you explored um, Clubhouse at all or heard of Clubhouse? I've heard of Clubhouse. I haven't done too much on it. Yeah, that's, a, that's another interesting way to build connections and, and network. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely a networking, not really a customer finding tool. Yeah but a networking tool. It's been pretty interesting sort of getting into some of the conversations there and networks there. Okay, Katie, I'll, I'll relieve some pressure here. Let's go to the other side. Okay. Um, Katie, I want you to tell me about a project that you have been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing. Perfect. Uh, there's one client that comes to mind and I even describe myself as a proud mama for this, <laughs> for this project. So um, it is a real estate brokerage here in Edmonton, Blackmore Real Estate. Mm -hmm. The owner of the brokerage was with a large chain brokerage for over 20 years, and she mm -hmm. made the jump to starting her own brokerage. And she and her, I think, business partner, first realtor that she onboarded, we went through this branding process and it was just so much fun and they were so committed to the process. I didn't, from the start, I didn't have to explain or justify 
what I was doing or, or mm-hmm. why I was doing it. They were just bought in. And, and so that made it a very enjoyable process and they were all into collaborating back and forth. Yep. When we got to the final logo and, and brand, they just owned it. They took it and they ran with it and they're doing amazing things with it now. Beautiful. From all that research and recommendations, they just really listened and it makes me so happy. That's awesome. So that the pieces, like what, what all, was it just a brand? Was there a website? Was there collateral with it? Was it the whole deal? Like what, what did you participate in for that project? Well, when we started because she was still with her big brokerage, it was logo development and Mm -hmm. we did a brand voice guide with a copywriter I partner with. Um, So yeah, basic visuals and messaging to start. Um, after they got up and running, I started doing collateral pieces like real estate signs and business cards. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, like you said, they just really understood who their ideal customer was and have since figured out ways to market to them on their own. And I couldn't be more proud. That's so cool. Such a fun one to be a part of. Well, Katie, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. This is where I get to blindside you again in this episode (laughs) and ask you a question um, from my last guest. And you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. So my last guest was Zach Van Camp from Van Camp Design Co. out of Denver, Colorado. And quite simply, he wanted to ask you, what is your favorite hot sauce, Katie? Ooh, obscure. Mm-hmm. Yep. You didn't see it coming. No, I really didn't see that one coming. The first one that comes to mind is Cholula. So I'm going to go with Cholula. Cholula. That's the one with like the wooden circle top, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I like it. Okay. Mine was the um, Valentino. It's kind oh, of been like a like, kind yeah. of like a stubby bottle. It's not it's not even really a hot sauce. It's more like vinegary and sweet. But that's not I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Cholula. Nice. So Katie, what is your ask it forward question for my next guest? Man, the question I came up with was so serious compared to that one. But <laughs> we've had them all. We've had deep questions, thought-provoking questions, um, fun questions, all kinds of things. Okay. So I don't feel so bad. Um, my, I really am into brain stuff and processes. So my question is what habits have you developed to get you into the creative mind space? Okay. That's an interesting one. I don't think I've been asked that before. What habit have you developed to get you into the creative headspace? Or mind space. Do you want mind space? Head space makes more sense. <laughs> I can go with mind space, Katie. It's up to you. <laughs> I think I combine head space and mindset. So mind space. Mind space. I like it. I like it. So when they ask you, be like, it's head space and mindset combined. Yeah. Duh. I'm going to trademark that as soon as we're Do it. <laughs> Paper Lab Creative. We specialize in mind space. Mind space. <laughs> Awesome. Katie, that is the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today. This has been great hearing your story. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. I really appreciate your time. 
All right, that is the end of today's episode, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out. We're going to be back here next week with another fantastic interview with a talented creative pumping out incredible design work from somewhere out there in this world. See you next week.